Well, if you need a Bible, you can raise your hand. We'll loan you one of ours. And uh, for those who already have one, you can open to First Peter. God is good. First Peter 5. And uh, we've been talking about the kingdom or the way of the kingdom. And um, we'll start back where we have been. 5 verse 5, it says, actually we'll skip halfway through and it says, uh, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Then it says, because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, he said, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, meaning God's way is for humble people, when people humble themselves or lower themselves and are not proud, it says God's mighty hand will begin to work on their behalf. And so there's just something about a humble person, a person who lowers themselves before the Lord. And uh, humility is not a world thing, meaning, oh, they're so humble out there. It's for people who lower themselves before the Lord. And it goes on to say, he will exalt you in due time. Then it says, casting all your cares on the Lord. Now we've looked at this. In, in Lucifer's life, you know, we've said, why is it that God would be so anti-humanity when he did everything for humanity? Meaning, he died, he, he made man so man could fellowship with him, so they could love one another, he could love man, and, you know, the depth. Why would God be opposed to man if man is proud, it's such a weird thing because God is love. How could that be? So we see that Lucifer, who was a created being, and you can write this down, it's more of a review right now. Uh, in Ezekiel 28 and the 17th verse, Lucifer had pride in his heart. He, was, he got lifted up. And it doesn't exactly tell us how he got lifted up right here. It just said he was lifted up. What was happening was he was about to start promoting himself. Now at work, we understand, we go in, we promote ourselves. I've got this talent, this ability, I have this experience. That's not what this is. He was trying to promote himself to get somewhere he didn't belong. And we don't belong in God's place. He is a created being. And so in, in Isaiah 14, and we'll look at verse 12. You don't have to turn there. We see what it looked like. And I'm going to review these every time we teach on this because it's important. Why? Why is it? What was it? What can we see about this in our life? Well, in Isaiah, it calls Satan or Lucifer. Most people know Satan that are in the world. Some people know Lucifer. Well, Lucifer was his name before he fell. Are you with me? God gives names to people when they're not serving him and when they're serving him. In case you didn't know. He calls the world wicked. He calls people who have given their life to him children of God. Paul, we know him in the New Testament. His name was Saul. We know Peter. 
means the rock. He was Simon sifting sand before. And names mean something to God. He took away his name, Lucifer, and now he's never recognized as that again. Why? 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 Because he got a new realm of darkness. And how did it happen? Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, there are several, and we won't read them, but there are several things that are said here. And one thing you'll notice is this. I, 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 I. Or we would say it like this. Me, 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 me. I will exalt my throne. Well, it wasn't even his throne. It was an assignment. I will exalt myself. I will sit where God sits. So the I was connected to, I'm going to move up. I'm going to be in a place where I don't really belong. But it's going to be mine. You with me? That is the way of the world. So what was he ultimately doing? And we said this before, pride is so blinding, it's delusional. I'm, I'm better than I am. Not me. No, you know what I mean. We've been there. Man, I've, I've got the mark. I'm way up above everybody. I mean, Michael Jordan, most people, everybody knows that name, whether you like basketball or not. They'll say he's the greatest of all time. He might be the greatest basketball player, but he's not the greatest by any means. Are you with me? The greatest is not who goes to the highest with God. The greatest is the humblest. God looks for humility. Why? Because humility can be trusted. Noah was, the Bible said, more humble than anybody on the earth. Well, you have to be if you get an assignment that's going to take 120 years. After a while, you're going to be going, did God say, if we could get a little mist coming through here? You know, there's no, I mean, there are no clouds. It was a mist constantly. God said there's going to be a flood. It is going to pour from the top, the bottom, everywhere. And it is going to overcome the whole earth. It's never done that before in the human existence. Think about this. A flood. And I'm building a boat. But there's never been rain. You're going to have to be humble. God, help me. I mean, think about it. You're Noah. You're building an ark that is football fields long. Going to collect. I mean, it would be better to do a rowboat. Think how much forest for a hundred years. He's, it's easy at first because all the trees are close. Right? But your lumber yard is expanding. So you're bringing lumber for further, from further away. Well, I know that some trees in 50 years would grow back, so eventually there will be close-up trees again. But you're talking a lot of lumber. And remember the state of the world? 
They're eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. They're just partying. And their imagination is on wicked. So wicked things all the time. Not on God. So it's not like you can go, hey, you got a couple of minutes. This is a big log. You know this saying, hold my beer? They were, the Bible said they were getting drunk. They weren't going to do that. They, he, it was all on his own. And so we see that it takes humility to be used by God. And so Jesus, we know, was mightily used by God. Now look at Matthew 18. Actually, we'll review this part so we don't take too much time. So technically, you can pretend like you're turning, but you're not. Matthew 18, uh, or I'm sorry, Matthew 11. If people are in Matthew 18, they're going to go, okay, I'll pretend like it's the right verse. 11, 22, for notes, it's, it's good to have. Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30, those verses. Jesus made a statement there talking to people who would come after him. He said, take my yoke. We talked about that. Like cattle, you know, you yoke them together, you attach them together, and they pull. So he's saying, come together with me, join up with me, hook up with me, start walking with me. And then he said this right after, which is such a profound statement, and learn of me. Learn of me. For years, I used to think, learn of me. Okay, how did you heal? How did you do this? What, what, you know, how did you, you know, travel around? I was looking at the whole thing and didn't realize that he said, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. So he basically said, look to my heart. When he said, learn of me, he said, learn of my heart. He said, I'm meek means I don't argue against God. We can tell Satan did that, or Lucifer. And he said, I am lowly, which means humble, or I lowered myself in heart. And he said, if you do this, he said, you will find rest for your souls. So we can see a contrast with Lucifer. We can see a contrast with Jesus. Jesus we said this actually briefly uh, last Sunday. Jesus, the Bible said in Philippians 2.8, he humbled himself. Doesn't that sound pretty like, okay. He humbled himself and he became obedient. Last Sunday night I talked about that a little bit more because uh, the statement, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. Think about what that means. When he said, learn of my heart, he was saying, you can examine my heart. You can see how my attitude is. You know how people say, you can't judge my heart. We all should judge our own. And he said, look at my heart. How come his heart was meek and lowly or humble? Well, the Bible said he humbled himself. He didn't come with a humble heart. He didn't come with a proud heart. The heart is the core way we evaluate, look at things. Our, we call it today attitude. 
So think about it. Jesus humbled himself. That means he worked on his own attitude. He lowered himself and he became obedient. So we saw that obedience and humility are connected and they are inseparable. If I'm going to humble myself, I'm going to obey. Because my obedience is going to be me somewhere in internally deciding. He's God. I'm not. Here we go. Doesn't mean it's, oh, easy. Oh. No. There will be times you'll have to go, I'm doing it because he said. Are you with me? So we've looked at various things. This is all a review, but it's important. Let's turn to 1 Samuel. We're going to now look, instead of at the devil, Jesus, we're going to look at men, or a man today, who um, had the opportunity, 1 Samuel, uh, to be a servant of God. 1 Samuel 15 and I'm gonna, we're going to cut into the middle of it, so I'm going to explain. Saul, or in the Old Testament, was the predecessor, or, you know, he was before David. He became king over Israel. You know, Israel wanted a king, they wanted a leader, and so God found him. And here is what is interesting. When God found him, he was humble. He was, he was low at heart. And God picked him because it is the way God picks. Amen? And, uh, or a way that God's hand will lift. So he picks him. Now, he's been a ruler for a while. He's been obeying God. And uh, all of a sudden... Uh, He's been getting instruction, and remember, instruction and obedience, humility. I need a squirt gun for my mouth or something. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> Problem is, it would be on me instead of in my mouth. I'd be like, those ear shots. You know how people do that when you're in the pool? You're like, oh, let's squirt him. You're like, get him in the eye. Get him in the ear. 1 Samuel 15. And we'll, we'll read from verse, uh, we'll go in 16. Then Samuel said to Saul, Samuel was a prophet. He had heard from God, so he goes to talk to him. He said, be quiet. That's a good verse. Um. Have you ever thought of that? You ever want a good verse? You know, this is awesome. People are like writing that down. You know, I write birthday cards sometimes to people, and there's a scripture. I shouldn't tell it because what's going to happen is people will use it. I'll be humble and let you um, instead of promote me. No, um, on, in the back of a birthday card, you know how people write happy birthday and they give a scripture. I think it's like Galatians 6, 9, or 19. And uh, I write, happy birthday, big letters. 
You know what that verse says? You know, I wrote this letter, that, you know, I, it talks about with how he wrote in big letters this thing to you. And so I put that and people wonder, what is this? With my own hand. And um, there's another one right here. Be quiet. And um, always wanting people to amen. And now you're like, be quiet. And he said, be quiet. And I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Wow. He was carrying a message to talk to him. And what was he going to talk to him about? He's the king. He, he was this appointee of God. And uh, he said to him, speak on. So Saul said, go for it. I want to hear what God has to say. He said, so Samuel, the prophet, said, when you were little in your own eyes. It's the first thing he said. When you were little, some translations small. In other words, when we talk about somebody who is prideful, there's somebody who's big in their own eyes. I'm important. I'm the big whatever. And when he started, he said, when you were, um, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not the head of the tribes of Israel? In other words, describing, he was a humble person. He saw himself as not I'm somebody, and that is how he got promoted. I mean, man, God picked him, God saw his heart, he was humble, he was small inside, not inferior. There's a difference. How are you? I'm okay. You know, I'm just so unworthy. No, that's not it. I mean, when we talk about small or humble, notice this. Were you, I'll start again. Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not the head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you over Israel or over all of Israel? He put his spirit on him to do this task. Then verse 18 said, now the Lord sent you, gave him an assignment on a mission, and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners. These people who were doing something, and he said, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? And, and here's the thing. When you read here, it seems like he did, but he really didn't obey. He was supposed to destroy them, destroy all their stuff, everything. And what he did was, and then it goes on to say, why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? See, there were times that God would say, go destroy this enemy, and you can keep, you know, the produce, the weaponry, the cattle, the gold, the silver. And then there were other times God would say, go do this, and he would tell him, do not take the stuff. Destroy everything. I don't know, maybe God was testing their hearts, but this time it was one of those assignments. So what he did was he was like, I'll keep the gold, I'll keep 
some of these things, he wasn't fully obeying. And what happened was he decided, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to collect more gold. I'm going to collect more silver. I'm going to collect all this stuff. The idea here is this. Humility and obedience, no matter how it looks, is together. In other words, I can't just go, well, I can partially obey this time and it'll be all right. No, pride. That is not God's way. And it's not that God hates people, but there is an enemy and he'll throw thoughts. Who knows who was talking to him that day? Do it this way. Don't worry about it. God won't know. And God did. Amen? And that's not to make people afraid. It's to realize humility, humility is important to God. I mean, if it is what got Lucifer kicked out of heaven for eternity and is going to be tormented day and night, it's a big thing to God. It's a big thing. You know, somebody thinks, well, I, I, maybe I have pride. Maybe I haven't done what I should do. Maybe you know I'm compromising. Well, it's over. No, it's not. What do you do? You do what the Bible said. Humble yourself. How do I do that? You lower yourself. What does it look like? Well, okay, you said do this. I'll do it. I'll forgive. I'll follow. Whatever it is, I'll do it. And I'll keep a low image of myself. Notice Proverbs 16, 18. Um, this is a familiar, familiar verse. Um, I wasn't going to turn there, but we will. How can you control you know, can you control this? Do we, you know, this is called the book of wisdom, which means to be skillful in what you do. And uh, Samuel is a prophet addressing really not just the outward action of Saul, but the inward heart attitude. And could Saul have controlled this he could have could he have brought it back could he have repented right then and said i am sorry i will not do this but he kept going down that path notice this proverbs the book of wisdom 16 verse 18 pride goes before destruction what when, in other words, you can tell what direction you're going, whether you've gotten there or not. That's important. You can tell whether, you know, like an airplane, you know, they'll have a target, you know, or even a gun. You're aiming at something up here. If you're aiming there, when you pull the trigger, your bullet is not there yet. It's going. And humility is that way. It will cause you to go up. If you have pride in your heart, you're aiming down. Exciting, I know. So, <laughs> pride goes before destruction and a haughty or an uplifted spirit before a fall. 
so we don't want to leave you there. What can we do? Notice this. If we find ourselves, you know, in pride or in humility, we want to stay there. And if we've been in pride or absorbed with me, we need to get rid of the me promotion. Notice Proverbs 18, verse 12. Proverbs 18, verse 12. And it has the pride and the humility. It says, Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty or high, lifted up. Humble means to be lower, to be down, you know, underneath. So, you know, the military teaches this. You know, you exalt the people who are over you. You obey them. And then it said, and before honor is humility. So notice the two. Before honor is humility. If you're thinking, man, I want to go up. I want to be honored. Then in the world, they say fight, do everything to get yourself there. Here he said, before destruction and before honor. And he said, before destruction, the heart is lifted up. Before honor, the heart is humble or lowered. So I can aim where I'm going to end up by internally working on the scope, you know, of the gun. Where am I aiming? And it's not dreaming big down here like I've got these big dreams. If I've got big dreams but a prideful heart, I'm, aiming, I'm not aiming at the dream. If I've got low dreams and I'm thinking, ah, whatever, but I'm a humble person, I should adjust my dream. Because really, I am in a position where I will go up. Turn with me to Isaiah. Everybody okay? Because, you know, you don't want to leave people in this thought of, uh, you know, what if I've done wrong? What if uh, I've had pride in the past? Or I've let it creep in and um, it's, it's, it's having its way in my life. Well, we can all adjust. You with me? It's kind of like wearing a life jacket. If you have a life jacket on, you go in the water, no matter what, you're coming up. You put lead on, jump in the water, you might be paddling, thinking, I got this covered. You're going to eventually wear tired and go down. So the way to do it is be humble. Humble. Notice, what, what do, what, you know, sometimes people wonder, what does pride look like? You know, it's got a lot of me. Got a lot in my way. Got a lot nobody can tell me what to do. And humility has a lot of, what has the Lord got to say? Not, do I like it? But we should. As we humble ourselves, we realize His way is best. And what, what, what does He like most? What does He want most? I mean, to me, Noah... Being humble as he was is such 
a profound picture of how we should be. I mean, he lives in a world like we live. Unless you don't know what the world looks like when he lived and when we live. But he literally was uh, in an atmosphere where people were living wild, partying, carrying on, constantly imagining evil. Well, Jesus said, before my coming, my second return, it will be like that day. So he is like an example for us. That humility will help us to overcome in this day. Um, and, and what did he do? He stayed about the Lord's work. I bet there were temptations. I bet there were people who said, you know, came around drinking whatever they drank to get drunk. Said, you're, you're an idiot. You think the Lord is going to do something to the earth? You know, we tell people he's coming again. Some people are like, okay, what? What do I have to do? Others, come on. We're okay. People have said that for a long time. He will come. Maybe, I mean, you know, I don't want to be, I mean, I don't know. I'll do whatever. But, you know, I don't want to be like, uh, I died, and then he comes a week later. You know, I'd like to stay. Unless it's, you know, because a nuclear bomb, you know, don't want to be melting for a week, you know. Uh, I'm staying until you're here, Lord. But, but what I'm getting at is he's going to come, whether we're here or not. I mean, we've misjudged this before. Somebody's going to get it right. There are people who are dead now who are in heaven and they thought he was coming. Period. And he didn't. But we know him. And then he put all these signs. And we know we're getting close, close, close. Well, if he comes in our life, which I would... Uh, yeah, I would like it. Yes, that too. But... Boy, I lean that way. But I think of the kids and children and nursery. I think, if it ain't mine, it's probably theirs. At the very late, I mean at the very least, it would seem. We just want to be ready. You need to stay humble. Keep ourselves from, I'm going to do it my way, or the things that are pleasing. Uh, to me, after the natural. Isaiah 55, verse 7. This is a verse about God and his character. What if I have been prideful? You know, sometimes people panic when they're not perfect before the Lord. I think we should strive to do the best. But if I've not been humble... And I'm like, okay, I'm lowering myself. I'm going to obey. I'm now obeying. Some people kind of walk around like the dog that was found wandering the street 
that had been beaten by its previous owner. And there, you know, you go to pet it and you're the nice guy. And the dog's like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, I'm going to be nice. Some people are, the, are that way with God. They think, okay, Lord, I'm coming to you. Um, I'm humble now. I'm doing it. Because pride is wicked. But, but I've got, I'm working on it, Lord. Help me. Teach me. I'm struggling. And I'm working it out. And people will, will do that with the Lord. Because they don't know him. They'll be like, uh, uh. And we know deep down God is not that way. Because we know, here I'm like, okay, I'm coming to you. But we know if we die, we go right into heaven. So what does he do? Kind of angry here? And then he's like, you died! Hallelujah! Come on in, my loved one. Um, maybe we got something wrong in our thinking. He loves us. He cares for us. Not just when we get over there. Or perfect here. Thank you. He knows these things hurt us and hurt others, and they are of the wicked one. That's why he doesn't want you to... I mean, if I scream at you and you're my kid because you're about to drink a bottle of poison, I'm like, hey, don't do that. You don't love me. No, I do love my kid. He's just like, hey, be careful. And if my kid drank it, I'd still love him. Now we've got to go get that junk out of him. It probably burned up his stomach. I still love my kid. Are you with me? God's not like, okay, you did that, now I hate your guts. No, now we've inflicted something on ourselves. Opened up to something that can harm us. Somebody said, oh, not this thing that I want to do. It's fun. If he said no, it's no. He's helping. He's trying to do something for your good. And it's not like all of a sudden, you know, He's, he's in a bad mood now. Because you did that. No. He's bummed. Because it hurts. You. And it bugs him. Not that. Not like. Well it bugs me you did that. He doesn't like it. But it bugs him that you get hurt. Wouldn't you as a parent. Be bothered. If your kid got hurt from something that could have been avoided, you'd be bummed. Notice this. How does God treat us when we've done wrong? Verse 7 of the 55th chapter of Isaiah. Let the wicked, the wicked forsake his way. The way is what he's doing. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. 
So think about it. He tells us to deal with two things. Actions and thoughts. Attitudes. Sometimes before people do anything they do, they've already been doing it in their mind. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Nobody's watching. You know, before people go to rob a bank, they've already robbed the bank. I mean, people aren't just walking by going, I'm going to rob the bank. And they walk in. Nicest person ever. We don't know what happened to him. He doesn't either. No, he looked. He went by the bank. He started imagining himself with the money, not with the uh, jail time, but the money. How easy it'll be. Everybody can get away. Yeah, these other people, everybody could have gotten away. They're just not smart like me. They got lifted up. Pride. So he goes on here. Forsake thoughts and ways. Ways and thoughts. Get a hold of thoughts before they become an action. Notice this. Let him, the person, return to the Lord. Let him return to the Lord. You know, if I'm walking with the Lord, yoked together with him, then that means we're close doing similar things. I'm not going off on my own tangent. And so when he said return to the Lord, he means walk close in line with him. So, what does he say? Let him turn to the Lord or return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. What do you have to do? Start humbling yourself. What will he do? He will have mercy on that person. Then it goes on to say, and return to God for he will abundantly pardon. Remember, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God is there. It's ready to move. All it takes is humility. What's he willing to do here? Abundantly. 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 Pardon. How do you get abundantly pardoned? Can't you just be pardoned and that's it? Think of these things. God is so willing to show His hand, to abundantly pardon, to cause people to know He is merciful. He is that way to His kids. If a person gets lifted up in pride, all he has to do is start humbling himself. Lowering himself. How fast can one do that? For the person who is humble, it opens you up to a world. The Bible said Jesus got his prayers answered because he had godly fear, which is respect, honor, and he lifted him up. He lifted him up. He said, man, God is something. And I mean, he is all-powerful. I'll do what he said. 
And, you know, it affected his prayer life. I will say this, if you find yourself lifted up, humble yourself. Know this, God is not there ready to whack you. You may be doing good and find, wow, and everybody deals with pride, but he will abundantly pardon. He's not going to go, you remember when you did that? No. He will literally remove it. And I'll close with this. There's a verse in the Bible that said, as far as the east is from the west, so the Lord will remove your transgressions from you. That is a huge verse. It would be a bummer if, because God made the earth. It would have been a bummer if God would have said this, I will remove your sins, the ones you did, as far as the north is from the south. Amen? You know why? Because once you go to the north, you're as far as you can go. But if you, as far as the east is from the west, as long as you're traveling east, you can never get to a pole. In other words, you won't find it. But if he did it to the south, you'd go to the pole and you'd be right there. Right? Santa lives at the North Pole. That's You go there, you can find him. If you're not sure about that. I don't, don't want to spoil it. But, um, but you can get there. But there is no... There's an east coast, but once you get to the east coast, you can keep going east. Right? And you can go into East Asia. And you can keep going east. And there's east and this, but you can go east. In other words, God said that so you would know how his abundant pardon looks. You know, it talks about throwing your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. Amen? He throws it in there, and like people have said over the years, don't go fishing. And that is a big problem with Christians. Oh, I don't fish. We're not talking those little things or how, if you're a fisherman, those fish. We're talking about things that he is thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. He didn't want you to go down there and try and catch him and bring him back. Amen. Yeah, but I did it on the way to church. Yeah, you might do it on the way home from church too. But he will abundantly pardon, and he will throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. We need to know that when we humble ourselves, and you know how humbling starts? An attitude. That means I don't even have to change yet. I mean, it may be something I'm dealing with with a coworker who's just, and I'm, I'm pushing them down, making them look bad. 
that that's not a good thing to do. Well, I'm not at work. My company gives me Thanksgiving week off, wherever that company is. And uh, so this week we're coming into. So I'm not going to be able to be back until the Monday after. What if I, I have to wait to fix that? No, you can change your heart right now and go, I'm not going to do that to him anymore or to her anymore. Because it's the heart that produces the action. That's why Jesus said, learn of my heart. So I can adjust my heart right now. And go, I'm going to treat her or him that I've been not treating right. Trying to bring them down, make them look bad. Trying to make me look good, sound familiar. Bring down, lift up. We will not be hurt to lift people up. It won't hurt you to lift others up. They might get my promotion. Not if you're humble. You'll get your place. No, I've got to keep them down to push me up. Ow. I will sit. Remember, Satan said, I will sit in that office at the end of the hall. I mean, where God sits. Kind of sounds familiar. We live in a world where it's like that. And you have, we have to combat that. You with me? Last story. I've got 12 more verses, but this is the last story. No. This is it. Okay. I know a guy, and be careful, I don't know if he ever watches or his family. I know a guy who worked in a big company in uh, Southern California. If I told you the name of it, you'd go, wow, okay, that's big. He was a, in an office position, and uh, he made good money. I mean, he lived in a very good neighborhood. People treated him bad, and he should have got promotions, and he, he didn't. And he kept honoring God with his tithe and with his offering, kept serving God. He would witness to people. He had a good position. If I could show you the neighborhood he lived in, you'd go, this is nice. This is good enough for me. Be good enough for me right now. It's a good neighborhood. And uh, there came a time when they were going to give people early out. He wasn't 55, and they offered him an early out with a full retirement. And, you know, or some, but, you know, certain compensation, but he could get more if he stayed. So he and his wife, and I know them personally, he, he never tried to push to make his own position. See, payday didn't always come on Friday with God, but it'll come. And he, he uh, they prayed and he said, I think I'm supposed to do it. I don't know what we'll do after, but we'll do it. And uh, so, uh, you know, he could have gotten a lot more by staying, but he got something good 
by leaving. They determined we're going to leave. So they leave. He leaves the company. You know, people were sad that he went. Because even though nice guys get knocked down, they're nice to be around. Period. Because you know they're going to treat you good. But, so he did it. A few months later, his wife said, Hey, somebody called me with an opportunity for this business. Brand new business thing. Let's do it. He said, nope. No. She said, let's pray about it. And he said, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. But, I forgot one little thing. When they were both praying, when he went to retire, and his income would not increase like it should have, he had prayed and fasted for three days, and the Lord said, this is all he said, $10,000 a month for me, or no, it was $20,000 a month for me, is nothing. Well, this guy is not making $20,000 a month. And he said, the Lord said, for me, that's nothing. He went, okay. And from that, he thought, okay, I'll leave. When his wife brought this idea to him, there was no promise of nothing. Nothing. And finally, she talked him into it, did it, and within six months, he's got a retirement salary. This business took off. And all of a sudden, he started getting checks within a year between nineteen dollars and $21,000 a month. I'm thinking, that's all right. Retired. But God had told him. He just stayed humble. Paid it and come on Friday. But it came. Amen. And uh, I could. Yeah. Tell you. I mean, he ended up getting money. So, you know Barry Bonds? Anybody remember him, the baseball player? He, they bought his managers, the one who was his manager, his home. You know, five-car garage with a golf cart garage with a guest house that was like my house back then. Yep. He just stayed humble. Sometimes people think, when, it, when does my boat come in? Stay humble. Amen? Stay humble. Nobody can hold you down. They may push you down. You'll spring up.